Welcome to episode 77 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam DePork, and I'm here with my co-host, we all dream of Jeannie, Jeannie Walters. <laughs> hey, Adam. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I want you to like blink your eyes and make my problems disappear. If, if I had that power, <laughs> you know I would be abusing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually, I'm, I think I'm better off with you not having that power. <laughs> Upon reflection. <laughs> so, you know what, Jeannie? If you could blink your eyes and produce a sponsor message, would you? That's a great question. Let me try. All right. <laughs> blink, blink. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know your customer experience mission? Our mission at 360 Connects is to create fewer ruined days for customers. We help our clients create their own missions and deliver more for their customers. Find out more at 360connects.com. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And you can reach our specialized audience and our very special audience by sponsoring this podcast. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. Now, Jeannie, I love it when we come full circle on an idea. And that full circle is the fact that I just realized that nobody under 30 is going to understand what all that blinking talk was. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. I think they will. Maybe. And the ponytail, right? Yeah, she would swing right. her ponytail. <laughs> it was uh, the, the daughter did the earlobes or something. Was that right? That, well, now you're you're mixing it up with Bewitched. Oh, I'm all confused. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, so full circle is great. And we've actually come full circle with our podcast, haven't we? We have. We have. I love when this happens because we had a great conversation with Matt Phillips about innovation and really interesting ideas in episode 72. And that's what kind of got us thinking about this idea of crowdsourcing with customers, because we mentioned that as part of better innovation is including customers as you're developing ideas and products and getting them involved. And we've discussed some ideas like customer advisory boards and customer communities, but crowdsourcing with customers often happens before launching a new service or product. And organizations and companies, they're getting really creative about it now. It's pretty exciting. It's basically the opposite of what we did when we started this podcast. <laughs> you mean just jumping in and starting it? <laughs> did you check with your spouse? Yes. Did you check with your spouse? Yes. Okay. It must be a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, this is this idea of crowdsourcing has been around for a while because, of course, with technology and social connections and and communications and everything, it's a lot easier to do than it ever has been. But that also means that you get all the ideas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's not always easy because you have to sort through all of that. Um and the one that a lot of people probably know about is my Starbucks idea. Are you familiar with that? You're not as big of a coffee drinker as I am, I think. I think we even talked about it. So, yes, I'm, I am familiar. Yes. yes. So the idea of voting ideas up and down and being very transparent. So you can go on to mystarbucksidea.com and see, you know, if I have an idea of making, you know, I don't know, grape flavored coffee or something. <laughs> and I post that. I can see if other people have voted it up or down. I can also see what the company has to say. If it gets a certain number of votes, then Starbucks responds and says, you know, this is why we we can't do grape flavored coffee because it's disgusting and a horrible <laughs> idea. 
<laughs> but they also say things like our distribution can't handle it. They're very transparent about why an idea doesn't happen. And they're also very transparent about this is a great idea. We're, we're working on it now. And they ask for feedback on what kind of grapes would you use? Oh my gosh. White grapes or red grapes? I know your answer. Your answer would be fermented grapes. Yes, exactly. Right. And they're selling wine in Starbucks now. Um, oh, gosh. So, and Dell, the computer company, they, they're pretty known for this idea storm that they have as well. So th they were kind of the pioneers. But now there are really interesting things going on. And one of them that caught my eye, speaking of fermentation, <laughs> was Heineken Innovators Brew House, which is not just about asking people what kind of beer they want, but really asking customers, what do you think of this design? How should we package this? Uh, you know, what about the environmental impact of the packaging? Do you care about that? And really getting them involved before they pilot anything, before they roll anything out, before they pay an advertising agency to, you know, sell a product that may not sell, they're really involving customers. And I think it's a great way to make sure that you're barking up the right tree, basically. I think it's good if you have a good system for filtering what you get. Yep. And that's really the catch. And you'd mentioned, um, you know, you get all the ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Now, one of the biggest things that have been crowdsourced in the past few years is, you know, graphic design and all these things for like 99 designs and all that. And you and I, we actually were in an organization where we did a logo. <laughs> yeah. I just got through redoing my logo. And let me tell you, yeah. all the ideas can be a problem. I it got, I, I mean, I got, I think over 200 logos in a five day period. Yeah. And there I know. Lot, I've and, been there. Uh, and there was a lot of ripoffs and a lot of junk and a lot of people that did the exact opposite of what I said. Please don't do this. And, the, you know, you get those. Um, but when you look, take about a bigger scale or you talk about somebody like Heineken or whoever, you've really got to be able to filter and process the information. Mm -hmm. And you've also got to make sure your population is not doesn't have any kind of sample bias in it. And that's a big part, you know, from doing surveys and all that. If you have a population, okay, of very vocal people, and Starbucks mm -hmm. probably has to deal with this as well. Okay, you've got very vocal people. These are, these are your passionate people. These are your NPS 10s. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, is it still a good product for the 7s and the 8s and the 6s and the people who aren't as engaged, you know, just to get away from NPS? And I think there's a, it's a very complex thing. It's a very amazing thing. And like I said, hey, I got my logo crowdsourced and, mm -hmm. you know, it's opposed to paying somebody five or $10,000 and getting one design and hoping I like it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what they do and it's amazing um, – how much information you can get and how it can really help you, but how you have to have the processes and systems to know what to do with it. Well, and I think it's a good point because if you look at how those two examples that we brought up with Dell and Starbucks, they're really relying on the rest of the community to help them filter by, by voting things up and down. So they're really saying, you know what, if a lot of people think this is a good idea and these, it might be their most loyal people, but that's okay. Cause it's still a voting system. Right. So then they see, okay, well, this is really important to many, many people in our community and they can decide not to do it, but at least they know it could be the kernel of another idea too. I right. mean, that happens all the time in innovation where somebody says, you know, we should have a, a piece of, 
a sandwich with no bread and they come up with, okay, let's put fried chicken on either side of it. <laughs> and it's a huge hit. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which, yes. But it's also- and for our international listeners, yes, we do that here in the United States. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, internationally, they put hot dogs on the end of pizza and stuff too. So well, they do, we're uh, not deep, alone. Deep fried Mars bars, Scotland. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. All sorts of wacky things. But the there's actually a, a great um, This American Life about how they come up with those ideas. So I will- Send people to listen to other shows now. But the one thing that I wanted to say was, you know, uh, this whole idea of kickstart starter and crowdfunding is another voting mechanism, essentially. And that's what like beta brand, which is what Matt Phillips brought up as one of the brands doing this instead of they create all this clothing that you can buy. But then they also say, if you want to buy this, you have to pre-order it and we'll see if we make it. If enough people pre-order it, that's when they make it. Right. And so there's kind of an, a voting and a, a voice of the larger community that has to be involved in order for this to really work. And that's what's interesting when you look at Dell and Starbucks. I think you've got to take from that also that they have such a large sample size that they have a much safer play than somebody who tries it as a small business oh, or a yeah. small organization. And small organizations should be careful to learn and not learn necessarily some of these principles because, yeah, Starbucks can do it. I mean, their sample size is like, you know, statistically significant the minute they put a new thing up, right? I mean, Especially it's just, when I'm voting like five times well, and, right, in a course. minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the people they filter out. But yeah, <laughs> they've got a filter on you. But um, and with crowdfunding, it's interesting because there's another layer there. There's also a sort of uh, a gambling aspect. It's not just an idea. And that filters people, too, because they're having to put their money where their mouth is. So it's actually right. to me, it, it has a nice filtration on it because mm -hmm. pe yeah, it depends if it's a small enough amount. People may just do it because like they want to support somebody. But, you know, if something has a little bit of cost to it. It really does filter out. I mean, hey, ideas are cheap. Oh, hey, I want a white peppermint grape orange uh, gingerbread mocha at Starbucks. So let me write that mm -hmm. down, right? That costs nothing. Right. <laughs> and you probably have people that troll and just make stuff up just to see if it'll, you know, sure. <laughs> it gets voted up, right? Like, uh, who was the guy on American Idol? Sanjaya, who everybody voted for because he was so <laughs> right. bad that first season. <laughs> and it was so frustrating to the producers. Oh, my gosh. You're <laughs> calling out the kids now. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. And I think that the the flip side of that, which can be challenging as well, is if you're waiting for the investment and the money to come in to justify your idea, that can take too long and you can miss the opportunity. And I was just sharing that couple years ago, I on Kickstarter pre-ordered coin, which was this super duper high tech card to replace all your credit cards. It was tied through technology to your phone because the data shows that if you lose your phone, you notice that in 15 minutes. If you lose your wallet, that you can go 48 hours without noticing that your wallet's missing. So the idea was if you have if you realize your phone's missing, you will, you know, be able to turn off any fraud or anything on this one card. So it was a great idea when it came out, but it was before Apple Pay. It was before, you know, Samsung Pay, all these things that we have now. And so everybody's posting like, I'm finally getting my coin thing that I forgot ordering. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still cool. And, you know, there's still use for it. But 
it's not the exciting thing it was when we all pre-ordered it several years ago. Well, the market has moved and that's what happens. The market has moved. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's, you know, there is a risk in waiting for investment as well, because if you're not the first, you could be the last. <laughs> and that's no fun either. <laughs> right. I mean, that. yeah, it's, you've got to weigh, well, okay, we lost an opportunity versus if we'd have just gone ahead, we lost hard cash. Right. So, right. Yeah. And I think your point about small business is a great one and everybody has to really think about it. But I do like the idea of considering how can we include customers earlier in the process? How can we be more transparent to the ones who are very loyal to us? How can we just ask, you know, what do you think of us doing this and see how involving them can actually help you innovate to a better product or a better service? And I think if you're in your sort of normal wheelhouse and you're tweaking or you're adding or extending your line, I think it's easier to do. Because I mean, I have definitely I've been in small business forever, not beyond asking 10 customers what they think. But mm -hmm. you have to apply your experience. You have to apply what you already know to take those content, those, sorry, <laughs> comments in context. A lot of C words there. <laughs> Uh, you know, and that's really the key. I think you absolutely can use that data. You just have to know how to use it and understand mm -hmm. its limitations. And I think if you do that, crowdsourcing can be amazingly powerful. And, you know, I mentioned 99designs before. Crowdsourcing on that side of it as a vendor, so to speak, you know, with Odesk. I mean, I've used Odesk for a ton of stuff, which is, mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know, actually, I think they got bought out. They changed their name again. They but did. It used to be Elance. Then it was Odesk. Now it's whatever it is. Um, but basically, you go on, you can post a project. Hey, I want to uh, design a database for my customers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll get a bunch of different uh, people apply and bids from all over the world. And that has been amazing mm -hmm. for small business. I mean, I did something. I think I've told you this story. So, I mean, this is, I don't know, 2010 or something. I wanted to get the Chamber of Commerce list in my area. And I called them. I was like, well, how can I get it? I figured I had to pay for it. And I was fine with that. And they're like, well, it's $150 and we pre-print the labels so you only get it once. I was like, $150? Oh, I was like, you are kidding me. Now, here's the thing. They had it all. It was all public information. And if you were willing to, you could go through each page and get the, um, you know, get the information right off mm -hmm. the web. So I wasn't taking in any information. They just, if you want the list, if you want it provided to you in a list, it's $150 and it's one time and it's labels. So I went on the Odesk and I paid somebody in India, I believe, $75. And I got the entire list in an Excel spreadsheet when I woke up the next morning. <laughs> That's awesome. And that is the world we live in. And I had the list in Excel to mail it whenever I wanted to. And it is mm -hmm. amazing. So, I mean, crowdsourcing is just incredible for small businesses, but differently in some ways than Starbucks and Dell and right. Heineken. Right. Well, and I think it's, it, uh, I mean, getting vendors that way is a total win for small business. And I think... The side that maybe we don't think of as much is how do we take that, you know, if we want to take something to the next level, how can we include our community of customers and get them involved from the beginning? Because that's really, there's some magic there if you do it right. Oh, exactly. You can get so many great ideas and so many, not, you don't just get the ideas, you get insights into your current product or service mm -hmm. as well. I mean, for it, sure. We love feedback, Jeannie, and we love listening. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I sure do. I don't know about you, but I love feedback. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I'm going to feed this episode back to its end. <laughs> Did that work? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know, but let's go with it. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 77 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes at crackthecustomercode.com. And if you haven't heard, Jeannie loves feedback. So (laughs) please go on there. Let us know what you think. Uh, Let us know who you want as a guest and just tell us what to do. It's easier that way for us. (laughs) And don't forget to subscribe so we know who to reach out for ideas from. (laughs) So become part of our community. Let us know. I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and connect with me at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tabork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. And until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.